This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Rodrigo Serta. Dr. Serta is the Vice President of Clinical Care Transformation at Independence Blue Cross. He's going to talk to say about population health, about priorities, about comparative health care, and a couple other things. We'll have you with us for about 12, 15 minutes today. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Serta, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Sure. And uh, first of all, thanks, Scott, for, for having me. Uh, so, uh, like you said, I, I've, um, I'm at Independence Blue Cross, Independence Health Group. I've been there for about a year. Uh, I am also an internal medicine doc and public health practitioner by training um, and uh, a former strategy consultant. I uh, worked a lot in the, in the U.S. and, and uh, for the last few years also in the U.K. So, so you've had a fascinating background. I believe you were at McKinsey at one point. You've worked in different yep. countries. You've seen a lot of healthcare. Take a moment and talk about, in your current role, what are the top two or three priorities this year? Sure. Um, and, if, and if you don't mind, I'll, I'll kind of talk a little bit about what my what my team is all about, and then we can talk about those those two to three priorities. Um, you know, we broadly are focused on improving the care members receive by aligning incentives and payment models with providers, driving improved performance, um, often really with collaborating with with providers, um, and driving clinical care innovation um, by supporting a pipeline of pilots designed to test new and improved ways to deliver care. Uh, I feel incredibly fortunate to be in a job where I get to experiment uh, at the interesting interface between payer and provider, um, and in a company that's, that's a part of our community here in the Philadelphia region. Um, it, you know, interestingly enough, I, I, I think like a lot of people, I felt like when coronavirus arrived, it made me feel like everything I was pushing for was, you know, as a priority was all of a sudden brushed aside. Um, but then when, when really I had a chance to regroup and, and think about it a bit, I think, you know, if anything, coronavirus has made clinical care transformation not only more necessary, but also more feasible. Um, we were always focused on bringing care closer to home and keeping people out of the hospital when we can. Um, and so that's even more important now when, when hospitals are, and we're all under pressure from COVID-19. So, um, you know, we, we, during this time, we've been forced to do things that we were afraid of doing before and, and everybody's uncomfortable. And so it's, it's our opportunity to, to move forwards into a, a better healthcare model uh, before we kind of slip back into and inertia uh, takes over again. So it, it, in that context, um, if I had to pick two to three priorities, um, I'd say uh, virtual care, uh, home care, and then you know setting up the more robust clinical care innovation pipeline. Uh, by virtual care, I mean not only being able to access a clinician when you need one remotely, I also mean uh, way upstream of that, helping direct our members to the right side of care uh, and, and thinking about the technology or monitoring devices that might need in the home uh, and integrating those systems seamlessly to offer, uh, uh, you know, a, a better in-person, you know, to, with, with, well, to closer in with our uh, in-person care infrastructure. Um, you know, we, from the home care side, you know, we've traditionally been uh, more constrained by needing to be homebound, and COVID-19 has meant that almost everybody could meet that definition. 
so, you know, now we have a lot of questions about how, you know, how can we deliver care better in the home? How does it interact with the virtual care technology? I think this is an area where, where we can all improve. Um, and there's good evidence that people prefer to be in the home and receive care there. So, uh, and, and if we're able to really substitute for higher cost care settings, I think that's a win for everybody. The third priority is a bit more uh, internal, focused on independence in a way, but it's, it's, it's how do we build sustainability in clinical care innovation? Uh, we know broadly we want to move towards value-based care, um, but how to get there uh, you know, in detail is, is very far from, from known. Um, so creating the space and ability to invest in and test new ways of delivering care is essential. Uh, I'm working within our company to create a system to gather, evaluate, prioritize, track, and scale initiatives effectively, uh, moving away from the kind of one-offs that require these Herculean efforts to get off the ground to a more fine-tuned innovation engine that allows us to work together with our provider partners uh, to try new things that we think will improve quality experience, access, and cost. So you talk really about three big priorities. One is virtual care, second is home care, and third is turning the, the innovation machine on into sort of an yeah. engine, a, a sort of systematic effort where it doesn't require one person being so driven and motivated to drive innovation, but having a more institutional approach that, that fosters it and develops it. We're right. in a period of time where with a great amount of unemployment, a political year in its highest form coming up. There's all this discussion about nationalized healthcare or Medicare for all or some other kind of option. And because you're very bright and because you spent a lot of time in both the UK and here, I'll ask you for just a moment to comment on what does nationalized healthcare feel like in the United Kingdom? Is this something that Americans should embrace, they should be scared of. Just a few thoughts on your perceptions. You know, it, it was very interesting uh, to, to work with both health systems in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, you know, the U.S., we, we, we're coming from a perspective of saying, you know, you'll never socialize my health care. Uh, and the, the interesting mirror is that the, in the, the U.K. and in England, uh, the, the, the mirror fear is present so that people say you'll, you'll never privatize our national health system. Uh, and, and both systems feel like they're so... Uh, different from each other. Um, but, you know, in the end, they're, they're both really struggling with similar problems. So how do you deliver the highest quality care to as many people who need it, when they need it, uh, and uh, also while containing costs so that we don't funnel all of our economy to healthcare? Um, and, and yes, it's true that both systems uh, took different legacy approaches to solve the problem. The U.S. chose a market model that rewards productivity and access for those who can afford it, uh, paying for each thing that's done or a fee-for-service approach. Um, the U.K., would, you know, recovering from World War II, created a national health, health service where, where all payment and provision of care was public and everyone was entitled to care that's free at the point of care. And they had a political allocation of funds that dictated budgets for given hospitals salaries for specialists and uh, capitation for, for primary care. And, and those, those two systems have struggled with the downsides of, of those 
approaches, right? So the U.S. had a fee-for-service approach and incentivized productivity, and that's what we got. Uh, so we've we've gotten more healthcare at a higher cost, uh, but not necessarily higher quality. And the UK, with a budget-based approach, made healthcare free at the point of care for a budget, but historically has had a lot of issues with access to care, especially specialists. Um, and the interesting thing is that in, in more recent years, both systems have started to come towards this interesting middle point, uh, a hybrid approach that introduces some fee-for-service to re reward productivity and access so that, you know, that the, the UK used to be fully in budgets and now they, they actually separated the payer function and they do have some something that they call pay for results, which is actually kind of like fee-for-service. Um, they they start to, we're starting to incorporate a lot more measures of outcomes and rewarding those. And we're sharing accountability for, for the custodianship of resources between payers, providers, and patients. So, the, you know, the UK is, is doing that in some ways. They are uh, looking at integrated care systems, which are inspired by accountable care organizations. So even though we all feel like we're, we're so different, uh, we've actually learned a lot from each other. Um, you know, in, in, in terms of what it feels like, um, you know, the U.S. is a, a richer healthcare system. We spend a lot more uh, per capita uh, than the U.K., more than double, um, almost triple. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, our, our, our hospitals uh, in many cases look nicer. They have, uh, you know, more marble entryways and, and uh and you can, you know, it, it might be a bit easier to get access to, to a specialist in some places. Um, but, you know, I think we, are, we all struggle. I think uh, the U.S. struggles a bit more with, with, um, with inequality in a, in a given city. The U.K. might struggle with inequality in, in that, you know, the London hospitals might be a bit better. If you're in Cambridge or London, you might have better access and better care than, than in some of the more rural places. Um, but, you know, I, I think in the end, a lot of the practitioners are the same. And, uh, you know, we're all we're all really pushing towards uh, trying to figure out how to how to do the best we can with the resources we've got. Fascinating. We've just got a minute or two left with you, Dr. Serta, and a fascinating perspective. Take a moment and talk to us about population health just very quickly. In your sense, what kind of works, what doesn't work? If you, if you have any sort of core thoughts on that, you can share with us in a minute or two. Sure. Um, so w one, one key thing I think is that, um, you know, with population health, uh, we need to have, um, we need to be working together with providers. Uh, so traditionally the way it's been done is the payer has their own analytics, the provider has another one, and we might disagree and sometimes we'll work across purposes uh, and at independence we've been working to, to change that uh, we're sharing data bi-directionally uh, with with providers and we come together and, and talk with with health systems and our, and our joint value committees uh, and we have in-office visits with primary care to work through what's actually going on uh, and deciding together what we're going to do about it uh, and I think when you combine that with with trying to bring the actionable data at the point of care and trying to use advanced analytics to predict where those population health interventions would be most effective. Um, we're really trying to, to move from that, you know, the, a lot of insights that data can bring into the actions that are really gonna improve care. Thank you very much, Dr. Serta. A fascinating discussion on the comparative difference between the US system, the UK system, 
a discussion of the big priorities that you, that your team in Blue Cross on virtual care, home care, and also on innovation and turning it into more of an institutional engine even. Uh, and, and finally, some thoughts on population health and integrating the data and analytics of payers and providers and more. Dr. Serta, I want to thank you for joining us today. The discussion of England versus U.S. system in your perspective, having spent a lot of time in both, is is just so interesting. And we'd love to have you on again for a podcast just on that issue. But what a pleasure to visit with you today, Dr. Serta. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. The pleasure has been mine. Thank you for joining the Becker's Healthcare Podcast today. A pleasure to visit with Rodrigo Serta, uh, Vice President, Clinical Care Transformation at Independence Blue Cross. Just a pleasure to visit with you.